That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Ding dong, Mourinho's dead. Mourinho is dead indeed. Manchester United parted ways with their manager the day after we released our pod. Not even the day after. A couple hours after we released our recap pod. But have no fear, we're back for our preview pod for this weekend and heading into Christmas week. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Javier, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I mean, I'm a little saddened by the news that uh, that happened yesterday. Uh, our dear friend of the pod, uh, great admirer, and just overall awesome human being, Jose Mourinho, being released in a sad way from Manchester United. I, I, I wanted him to stay for many more years, you know? I was looking forward to... Uh, to his continuing, his continuing on. So it's it's really sad to see him go. I was saying to you and to uh, I believe Andrew that even putting aside the results of the United Liverpool game the other day, uh, I, I think Liverpool fans they went a step too far when they started chanting. Uh, they really did. They Sacramento. ruined it for us. Because that's that's rock bottom. If you're Manchester United, you've got Manchester City singing uh, fans singing songs about uh, park the bus, park the bus, Man United. You got Liverpool fans singing to that you should keep your managers. You can stay shit forever. They gave Ed Woodward and the Manchester United board uh, no choice but to fire Jose Mourinho. Uh, of course, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the former centre forward for United, uh, who famously scored the winning goal in their Champions League triumph of 1999. Uh, is taken over as interim manager. We're going to talk a bit more about United a little bit later on as they will travel to Cardiff for uh, Solskjaer's first game as interim manager. But we're going to start with Wolves hosting Liverpool Friday at 3 p.m. Uh, Andrew is a 2-1 win for Liverpool. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. I've uh, Wolves have ended that terrible run of form they had with five games in the league right, without a win. But like, I feel like they could get results against like Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, but... I think like Liverpool and City are maybe like a little bit too good. Well, I'm going to challenge them to take that extra step. Yeah, and, it'll uh, be interesting. Hey, I, they did I, it to Manchester I City. Like they did it to Manchester City did, at home earlier. They did do it to Manchester City. Um, Why not now? Friday night game, 8 p.m. in England, 3 p.m. our I just, time. I feel like... They knocked Liverpool out of the FA Cup two years ago. Not the yeah, same manager of yeah, players. You're right. But, you know. You're right. I mean, the, the, I would love for a Liverpool slip up here, but it just it seems like every time that that's in the cards, that they find a way of, of number one keeping a clean sheet, which is I mean they've been just monstrous at that this year, and then at the same time like they they, they find a goal from somewhere and. Shakiri coming off the bench, getting two goals last weekend. I, I mean, Salah didn't do too well. I'm guessing he's going to pop up this game. You know, it, it's there's they have too many threats. Mane played well last week, and I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think maybe threat wise, they have more threats than than any other team. Manchester City arguably have more, but yeah, I don't know. I just I see them further along in their progression now than Manchester City were when they played Wolves earlier in the season. And I don't think uh, I don't think Wolves have what it takes to beat them, or or to get any points from them. Not 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 even beat them, but just get anything from them. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 
I think they've certainly got enough in this atmosphere. Like I mentioned, it being like a Friday night game, everyone's going to be watching uh, the first game to like officially kick off this weekend of games every two or three days uh, for every single team. So it's going to be an interesting one. I- I'm interested to see uh, what what midfield selection Liverpool walk out with because. Uh, I personally am a big fan and think that the future of Liverpool's midfield is going to be uh, Naby Keita, Fabinho, and Wijnaldum. But you never know if Milner fits back into the picture. I wouldn't certainly fault them for playing him. I, I like also that maybe Jordan well. Henderson. I think that was what everyone was big kind of calling of it. at the beginning of the season. What what was eventually going to become their midfield, and we didn't see enough of Fabinho to think, oh, you know, he's going to come into the team. But I think. The last couple of games, you've seen Fabinho kind of coming into his own, finally, into this Liverpool team. And I think if Keita can get running, up and running, because he's, he's, he was known in Germany to be like a goal-scoring and assisting midfielder while also, you know, defending and being box-to-box. So I think we, there's going to be a lot more to see from this guy. You know, I think he's only 21 or 22, so... Yeah, that's scary. He's twenty. Scary he's times twenty-three ahead. by now. Well, you know what we always say about the Bundesliga. Whenever we, one of us starts mentioning uh, goal-scoring statistics from that's any player true. in the Bundesliga, it's very misleading. We always respond with, "It's in the Bundesliga. Calm down." <laughs> so uh, that's not to say he's not going to be a great player. I'm uh, still a very big fan of his, but he's also in a pretty different role under Klopp now, where a lot of the goal-scoring is sourced mainly to that front three. It's just interesting to see Klopp have a midfield where you feel like all three of those players, Wijnaldum, Fabinho, and uh, Keita, can all do a little bit of everything and all fill in for one another if one of them gets caught in uh, an undesirable position. So it's uh, it's an interesting mix for sure, but we'll see how he uh, rotates going forward, obviously, with uh, interesting another game. Interesting tidbit. Uh, I mentioned the, the, uh, those two Shakiri goals. Uh, after the game, one of the... Like reporters went up to him and was like, "Oh, Shedron, that was the biggest moment of your career, right? Like, how do you feel after scoring two such two huge goals to like put Liverpool into first place?" And he was just like, "I've won the Champions League with Bayern Munich. Like this, that was the greatest moment of my career. Like this is just a league game. Like he's like, I've scored home, in World Cups right? like, at home versus <laughs> like he was just like so confused. And this reporter thought like he was making you know his day with this question. And it was just it was it was just a pretty funny uh, occurrence that." Only, only reporters can mess things up like that. Also, I'll say without a shadow of a doubt, the highlight of Sh- uh, Shakiri's career so far was that uh, 90th minute winner against Serbia in the World right. Cup, and then he threw that up was the also eagle. Like, massive. like that, that's a that's got to be like a dream of his to have done that. So, uh, yeah, I would say that uh, that trumps beating Manchester United, a very crappy United team at the minute. Let's move on to Arsenal hosting Burnley, the first of the Saturday games at 7:30 a.m. Uh, Arsenal coming off two straight losses, obviously last weekend to Southampton away and uh, in midweek just today, uh, losing at home in the Carabao Cup to Tottenham 2-0. Uh, weaker sides, admittedly, but still plenty of recognizable names out there for both teams. So uh, it was, I'm guessing it was a pretty uh, contentious affair, regardless of uh, the, the stature of the tournament it was taking place in. But obviously Unai Emery's side are going to be looking to get back to winning ways against a, a struggling Burnley team who uh, themselves happened to hold Tottenham until the 91st minute last week and only lose 1-0. So you worried at all about a slip-up from uh, Arsenal on this one, Javier? Well, Another uh, slip up? back-to-back losses is never good. You know, the first time it happened was Manchester City and Chelsea, and it was the first two games. Now we've lost against Southampton and Tottenham, so it's not 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 nearly as good. Uh, the Spurs game, it does kind of suck because we were at home and we did put out a pretty strong squad. But again, those those defensive lapses and just how easy it was for uh, for Son and Ali to just get 
balls over the top, acres of space, and just, I mean, in the end, they were both nice finishes, but it, it's just, we can't be doing that because even teams like Burnley can, you know, t- Burnley loves putting balls over the top, so... If 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 we don't if we don't but they're not particularly good at it yeah but if we don't I mean uh, Goodmanson's good and well you said the other day yourself Burnley offer very little attacking right threat. and I'm saying it, I I still I'm not that confident we're going to keep a clean sheet even versus the worst offensive team in the league at home I mean I think we'll score a bunch of goals on them I you know I think we're going to win three one but I, I don't think it's going to be easy and I think uh <laughs> you know. I hope we can break that halftime duck. It's it's ridiculous that it's taken till now to not have a halftime lead in the Premier League. This has got to be the I mean, game. If you don't it's break it in this it. game, I would I'd be very very worried. Right. Uh, if we can't um, have a halftime lead, like uh, just pl- and also please Unai Unai, stop benching Lacazette. He needs to start from the beginning with with Aubameyang. It's it's clear when both of them are on the pitch, we're so much more threatening. And I, I'm just not. I don't like Bikatarian. I know he had two goals last week, but they, they weren't even very good. And he he kind of got lucky getting those two goals. So I'm I'm not really giving him credit for it. And I don't like. Sounds I don't like Mikatarian like is your Willian. Sorry. It sounds like Mikatarian is your Willian. Yeah, he's. But I think he's a lot worse than Willian. At least Willian. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, agree. Mikatarian works hard, but he's not particularly good defensively. Not particularly good attacking. You know, sometimes he has these flashy like back heels and little flicks that make you go, "Oh!" But like Ramsey does that, and he's he's more of a goal scoring threat. He's better at passing. I'd rather Ramsey start right now. Other than that, I'm glad Torreira was rested against Tottenham. I think that's going to be a big factor to have him uh, you know back back to a little bit rested and and, and raring to go in this game so yeah I, I have three one Tottenham what, what did you have Alex I've got uh you said th- you said three one Tottenham oh, oh my god they're, they're in your head oh, <laughs> they're in your head Javier. I've three got a uh, two one Arsenal <laughs> yeah I've got two one Arsenal uh, and Andrew has uh two nil Arsenal over Burnley Let's jump to the 10 a.m. games. Uh, before we talk about the Chelsea and Manchester City games that will be taking place uh, there, let's just rile off some straight-up picks. Bournemouth are going to host Brighton Saturday at 10 a.m. Andrew has a 2-2 draw. I have a 1-1 draw. And Javier, what do you have? I think it's going to be a close one, but Bournemouth have been pretty good at home, and Brighton, I mean, they've. this is the best they've been away this season, but I think Bournemouth, I think Bournemouth eke it out 2-1. What I'll say this about Bournemouth is they though. played basically their they basic they played basically their full strength team today against us and they ran themselves ragged for ninety minutes and still didn't get a, a result in the Carabao Cup. So I'm I'm not expecting them to be fresh daisies going into this game, which is admittedly a, 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 tough a not so easy yeah. uh, fixture. Yeah. So uh, then Huddersfield will host Southampton at 10 a.m. Also, Andrew has a one nil win for Ralph Hasenhüttl's men. I have a two one win for Southampton. Uh, Javier, what do you I have? I have one one. I'm I'm still uh, buying what Huddersfield's selling at home. So I like the way Wagner sets himself up, especially against uh, teams that are like you know similar to him in the table. It seems like he always has a pretty good game plan to get something out of the game. So. I uh, I like a one-one here. You can die on that hill by yourself. I'm. Uh, I'll leave you to that. <laughs> hey, I was right about Cardiff, and, and and you and Andrew shit on me for that. So yeah, yeah, that's and Cardiff. Newcastle this is, uh, and Newcastle. This is another animal. So. May have been uh, wrong about Fulham. Well, speaking of Newcastle, we're not gonna, great we're not segue, mention, Javier. We're not going to mention that. 
Saturday at 10 a.m., Newcastle are going to host Fulham, uh, another uh, bottom-of-the-table clash. Andrew is a 2-0 win for Newcastle. I have a 1-1 draw, and uh, Javier, you seem to agree with me. Yeah, I think 1-1. Newcastle, I've been pretty damn good at home the last few games, but Andrew's kind of bolting 2-0, keeping a clean sheet against the Fulham side, who... They've they've scored all, most games this season. It's just their their defense is terrible. But I think Renier's trying to get them back to B six. So I, th- I think this will be a testy affair, and and one one will be will be the result. Yeah, they didn't have too much of a new manager bump from Renieri, so right. I'm I'm a little worried for Fulham as as much as they're like our neighborhood rivals. I, think, I, I, I think don't want to see them go down right away. The January transfer window. They have they have, they have too many holes. Like they bought so many offensive players and just just completely like didn't worry about their defense at all just said oh yeah these championship players like Tom Kearney and uh and 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 all well, Kearney's in midfield sorry uh, Kearney's in midfield who's the uh, uh, Tim Ream the American well yeah he came up with them uh Alfie Mawson was like their only signing in defense and I guess and he's been, like, too, pretty bad in and out of the squad injured a lot of times uh yeah I, don't, I haven't lost hope yet for Fulham and I, I still believe in Ranieri but it's getting to the point where if they continue to have like Uninspired performances like the the two 0 loss against West Ham last week, where yeah. they didn't do anything and they were at home, and that was a game you'd want to give them at least a slither of a chance in, and they just did not pay back at all. Speaking of West Ham, they will face Watford at ten a.m. Uh, Andrew is a two two draw. I have a three two win for West Ham. Uh, West Ham and Watford seem to be getting into plenty of three two and three one yeah, results I've, uh, lately. I have so, two one uh, West Ham. I think this could be a fun one too, and both teams are on pretty good form, so. The uh, outside shot for for that six six spot. All right, let's talk about the two 10 a.m. games on Saturday that uh, really tickle my fancy. Chelsea will host Leicester City uh, Saturday at 10 a.m. at the Bridge. Both teams took part in Carabao Cup fixtures this week. Uh, Leicester losing on penalties to Manchester City after a 1-1 draw. And Chelsea needing a 85th minute or 84th minute Eden Hazard winner to beat Bournemouth at Stamford Bridge today. Andrew is a 2-0 win for Chelsea. I have a 2-1 win for Chelsea. And uh, Javier, you seem you seem to agree with me. Why, why the belief in Chelsea? I thought you might pick the, uh, this one for us to slip up in. Yeah, I, I thought about it, but I just think Leicester put out, they, they, they put a bit, pretty big effort in the midweek. Um, and they played most of their full squad. So I wouldn't say most. The only players that I at least their back would, line, their back line probably was start their, like ha- was their story. Well, Harry Maguire, Indidi, Damari Gray, Ibora, and Ianacho are the only ones. There was no Albright, uh, Chilwell. Chilwell's uh, hurt. came on eventually in the second half. Chilwell's hurt. Oh, okay, great. Oh, that's great news. Even though Aspilicueta would have handled them for sure, uh, but we also played most of our starting lineup or uh, okay. saw them come well, in eventually. Well, then I think so. I don't know. I, I, Leicester haven't really had. Um, I guess. How did you guys do against them last year? I mean, I remember the year they won the title. They they did well against you, but you guys were terrible that year. What what, what were the results last year? I, I just I don't I don't really we, remember. We, them. we drew nil nil with them last okay. year at the um, bridge. At the bridge. Okay. And then we we beat them away from Angolo Conte thirty yard uh, trickler. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it, it's set up for us to win. Like I'm I'm pretty confident that uh, if we continue with the Hazard at center forward, uh, Willian left wing and Pedro right it wing. Seems like that's that's uh, working. Fluid well. front three. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that should give them uh, a good amount of trouble. Like Harry Maguire seems to be the only one that has like the mobility to sort of 
contend with those players and, and neutralize them. But if we get someone like Wes Morgan or Johnny Evans isolated with one of those three forward players, that's it's going to be a pretty difficult time for them if they stick with this uh, back four that uh, Claude Puel seems to really like. Uh, and then Ndidi in midfield played that full 90 minutes. I'm, uh, I'm not... You know, I feel like you need him rested and at his best to compete with Kante and Jorginho and uh, and probably Kovacic. And I haven't even mentioned how well that Ruben Loftus-Cheek has been playing recently. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I, I think if you ask most Chelsea fans right now for a game like this, they would prefer Loftus-Cheek over Kovacic. He's playing absolutely lights out and he can play up as a center forward on either wing. He's a really useful player in this Sarri system. You can see Sarri's uh, belief in him is growing with every single game. Okay, well, before we move on, uh, one more time, Andrew had a 2-0 win for Chelsea. I had 2-1, and Javier also had 2-1 Chelsea. Uh, Manchester City will host Crystal Palace in the last of the 10 a.m. games. Andrew's got a 3-0 win uh, for Manchester City, as do I. And Javier, 4-0. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to say 3-0. I I honestly do think that's going to be the result. But I'm adding an extra goal for Kevin De Bruyne, his return. That glorious goal he scored against Leicester just... Just oh, yeah, that was, that seeing was nice. him do that shimmy back heel flick, rip it into the bottom corner as if it was nothing. I was just like, oh, no, I have not missed that. Well, I have missed it. To be fair, it was against Danny Ward. I do like watching not Kevin play, Schmeichel. I do not miss it being terrorizing the rest of the league. So, yeah, I think I think he's going to I think he's going to be starting this game. I think it's going to be, the you know, maybe he, maybe he comes in off the bench. Either way, I, I think Palace you know, offensively, they're like Burnley. They offer almost no threat um, other than Wilfred Zaha. And I think City have enough to handle Max him. Meyer. So I, I could see them nicking a goal. I could see them nicking a goal. Maybe it's going to be 3-1. Hmm. Yeah, that might be. Take it. Do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm changing. I'm changing. Because 4-0 is like, Palace, are, Palace, Palace probably won't concede four goals to them. I don't actually think that. Like, right, like, they're pretty good defensively. Like, Hogson will have them set up. Like, he, I, I don't think he's going to... Yeah, I'm switching win, to three, obviously, but he'll have them set up to try and minimize the damage as much as possible going to the Etihad. I, I think they lost three nil there last season. Uh, went after their like terrible run to start the season. <laughs> I, the only reason I remember that is because all uh, Andrew and I both had like five nil, like six nil uh, Manchester City, and then they only won three nil, and we were so like it was so anticlimactic. But yeah, let's move on to the last game on Saturday. Cardiff hosting Manchester United Saturday at twelve thirty p.m. Start off right off the bat with the score predictions, then we can jump into the uh, real meat and potatoes of this segment. Uh, Andrew has a 2-1 win for United, and you and I have 3-1 wins for Manchester United. Pogba almost certainly starts this game. He has to start. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Pogba, Lukaku, Martial, Mata all start. I'd be shocked no, if Rashford's all four of those players didn't Ole start. Ole Solskjaer, like, he's going to start Rashford. Well, you don't you don't see you don't see a scenario where they play uh, Pogba, Matic, Mata in midfield with a front three of Martial, Rashford. Oh, on the right I could wing see that. Yeah, I could, that would be super attacking. But that that's what they should do against Cardiff, right? I mean, but they might concede a few. Yeah, goals. I mean, even on the road, it could be I mean, like they're three going two. to concede a few goals. It could be like three two or four two. Dude, Cardiff could score two well, goals on them, I think. If they if they line up yeah. like that, I, I was saying to you the other day how uh, right now Cardiff City are the highest scoring of any of the teams in the bottom seven in the league right now, and for a team that I uh, once pegged as the least talented team I'd ever seen in the Premier League, uh, that's kind of a it's kind of a yeah you were really wrong about that one. <laughs> it's kind of offensive. I'm I'm not happy about that and uh, how wrong I was about them. Well, you know I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong. I guess. 
good for them. I hope this game is is at least entertaining. Uh, but I suspect that United will uh, go right back to winning ways in a more, I'm guessing, free-flowing attacking style. That's that They haven't really embodied I mean, that kind you, of philosophy I mean, I'm guessing in their Ole last Sarsha three managers. Gonna tell them, like, all right, guys, like, we're going to attack. And they're just going to be like, yes. Like, when Mkhitaryan came to Arsenal, he was like, the first thing he said, like, during the training sessions, like, his first interview, he was just like, I like that we attack. Like, that was, like, the first thing he said. And, like, when they're like, oh, do you, are you enjoying life at Arsenal? He's like, oh, I, I like it much more here. We actually attack. I'm sure the players, like, all of them are just going to be like, all right, guys, like, just, they probably have so much, like, pent-up energy. I'm sure, especially people like Lu- like Lukaku, like, you know, Martial, like... Pogba. <laughs> Pogba are all just going to go out and try and have the games of their lives to show, you know, it was Mourinho's fault, it wasn't ours. Right. Like they have to try and go prove the coach wrong right now. If they go out and lose this game or tie this game, Mourinho is going to be sitting there smirking, going, ha ha. You know, they thought they didn't need me because, you know, I'm I'm guessing when they were letting him go, you know, Mourinho was like, you guys are making a mistake. There's no way he was like, oh, yeah, I think it's time for me to go. Like you saw his press conference over the weekend. He thought nothing was wrong. He thought he was perfectly safe. Yeah, but Mourinho is also a pathological liar when it comes to the media. He says what he needs. He needs. He says what he needs to say to manipulate things to his advantage. Is he maybe the new specialist uh, in failure? Uh, well, since uh, Wenger hung up his hung up right. his hat, yeah, sure. Uh, you, but or, or, or is that Pochettino? Jose Mourinho in the is Premier League anytime soon? Or trophyless uh, Klopp? There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, young Wenger's specialists and failures in the Premier League now. Or maybe it's uh, Unai Emery for not winning the league in France his first year and losing well, to Monaco. He, he's won a bunch <laughs> of trophies in all the different teams he's been at. So you know he'll win one with Arsenal within, well, I mean, within so two has, years. So is Mourinho. Probably this year. He's probably going to win Europa this year. So he'll be better than than Klopp or any of those other crapheads within a year. Oh God, Javier! I'm glad Andrew's not all here. Right, I'm going to I'm going to ignore that right and now. just move on. I don't, okay, we, 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 we veered off the course. We can't really talk about this match specifically, like how we expect both teams to, or one team in particular, how they're going to play. Because to be honest, we just don't know how United are going to, A, pick their squad, which players are going to feature. We just guessed for you real quick there. But B, we don't know exactly how they're going to, uh, how they're going to attack, how they're going to focus their attacks. Because the main issue I had with Mourinho's uh, Manchester United squads wasn't just the fact that they didn't attack too often. It's that when they did attack, it didn't really seem like they had a plan. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind the of, plan is going to be do everything through Pogba. I mean, it, it's pretty clear. Like, well, there has to be there has to, to be a, a more defined pattern of play than that because we've seen in the past Mourinho's tried something similar. Okay, but like, said, let's be honest. I want, you know, I want the you genius know of my like, best players. You know he's never just been like, okay, Matic and like Fellaini or something. Like, sit behind Paul and like Paul, just do whatever the hell you want. All the balls go to you. Actually, no, that's not good. You can't have Matic and Fellaini back. Maybe like Mata and Matic behind Pogba. And then they're... Behind Pogba? Mata would not play behind Pogba. Yeah, they, they need a player there. I don't, I don't, like, I don't like Herrera. Herrera. He's, he's an okay player, but I, just, I think he's, he doesn't offer enough offensively unless he plays against Chelsea. But basically, like, that, that's the player that they need to go. Oh, I guess Fred. I'm forgetting about Fred, who just... Mourinho went and spent sixty million out. Maybe, maybe Fred Matic Pogba. You see that midfield, that would be, and then a front three of Rashford, Martial, and Lukaku. So I want to get away from the actual like guessing what player what players are I'm going saying to that's feature what I would on like Sunday. To see. 
And for those, I'm guessing the majority of people listening to this podcast don't know much about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And in the day or two that uh, it's been announced and rumored that he uh, was taking over as caretaker boss until the end of the season, everyone's been trying to figure out what will United look like under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. His only managerial ex- experience was as uh, Mold manager, his former uh, club in Norway, uh, where he left in 2014, came to the championship and uh, managed Cardiff City for nine months. They got relegated. He then left and went back to Mold, where he has been manager ever since, uh, since 2015. Mold are simply loaning him or lending him, in their words, to Manchester United because their season runs from March until November, which makes sense, seeing as they play in the ice cold of uh, Norway. Uh, so he's only going to be there until the end of the season. Uh, it's kind of a weird one. Uh, people are saying that just because he's a he was a center forward that they, he automatically should be a good attacking manager. But I think we've seen from examples like Filippo Inzaghi in Serie A that even though he was a great striker, he plays a very defensive game. So I don't think we can make any assumptions about that yet. And then the final piece of evidence as to why people think United are going to be a great attacking team now under this new manager is a video posted. I think by Mold's YouTube account of Solskjaer in <laughs> in training with the players saying, why are you passing it around the 18-yard box? You're in the 18-yard box. Shoot, for God's sake. Something like that. And everyone's taken that and just said, all right, I've made my entire conclusions about how Solskjaer is going to manage you know, United if, like, based off United of this one video from training. While winning this game, everyone's just going to tear into Mourinho being like, why didn't they do this earlier? Like- I feel like it, it's the, the other way where they have to look good in this game. Like, Again, no offense to Cardiff. It's like not a an easy win, I would argue now. But any top six team should be thinking to themselves, I don't care how well or right. badly they we play. We have to win this game. Them. Did you know Callum Patterson? I just realized this recently. He's a defender for the Scottish national team. He's not bad. <laughs> he plays no, in he's defense. Like one of their few he good plays players. in defense and he's their center forward. Right. <laughs> Neil Warnock is a visionary, I tell you. <laughs> plays center back. Long live with forward. Neil Warnock. Uh, yeah, so just to recap, Andrew has a 2-1 win for United and Javier and I have 3-1 wins for Manchester United at Cardiff. The final game of the weekend before uh, everyone goes home to their families to celebrate Christmas is Everton hosting Tottenham on Sunday at 11 a.m. Some people don't have family, Andrew has a 2-1 people, win. Shout out to you guys. Yeah, shout out to you yeah. guys. Whatever, you whatever can, it is that you call your family right. is, you know, family. I'm using Maybe it in the a very Ghost loose School term. Podcast here. is your family, you know. We can, we can <laughs> yeah. keep you company during Christmas. We'll, we'll be putting out yeah, contents. We, so not live, like I, I, not live. But if you load up well, some we, podcasts, well, I thought we were us. all going to Alex's house on Christmas. I thought that was the plan. Yeah, you, you could. Sean would Sean would kick you out as soon as you. <laughs> Dude, why uh, is there you an Arsenal there? supporter <laughs> on Christmas Day ruining my Christmas? Never mind Christmas Day. How about any day? <laughs> it's true. It pretty much ruins his day every time I walk in your house. So yeah, Everton will host Tottenham. Uh, Everton famously haven't beaten a top six side in uh, God knows how long. Uh, they've gotten some interesting results this uh, season, drawing at Stamford Bridge nil-nil and almost getting a draw at Anfield before that crazy winner for uh, Divock Origi. But they'll host Tottenham in a game that I think this is the one they, they've got to at least get a result. They got, they've got to play well and they've got to get at least a point for there to be some sort of signs of progress under Marco Silva because they obviously have more talent than most of the teams around them in uh, like seventh place or lower uh, to beat those teams consistently. But uh, there may be a, a step or a notch below Tottenham. 
but at home only game of the of the day uh 4 p.m kickoff on sunday in england everyone's eyes will be on that one too similarly to that wolves liverpool game on friday it's a it's a high pressure situation and it could be a real uh real signal to the rest of the league that everton are uh, an actual threat to stay above Manchester United. Yeah, I for the would. Rest of I would season. love to see them get a result here. They're playing super well recently. I mean, they didn't play badly against Manchester City in that three-one loss. Uh, they did bring it back to two-one, and even though City made it three-one very quickly after that, you know, up till up till that moment, you know, for those first sixty minutes of the game, Everton played pretty well, and you 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 could see them playing at home here. Tottenham very close. That's why I, I have them drawing. I think Tottenham might have a little bit of a hangover from from this midweek, even though they won. Uh, you know, most of their first team they, they were able to rest Harry Kane, but yeah, I just I don't I don't I don't see this. Ta- Everton have been really good defensively. Tottenham have been good defensively, so I don't see this being there being a ton of goals in this. And yeah, I don't. Uh, if Tottenham win this though, it would be very very impressive to me. I think that would be well. That's exactly what Andrew has. He has a two-one win for Tottenham. That would be very scary. I, I I would doubt Arsenal's ability to finish over Tottenham this year if they can get an away result um, at Everton after playing you know three games in a week, also having a Champions League game two weeks ago. So basically playing almost six games in two weeks. It'd be it'd be very impressive for them. Their Champions League game was like a week ago. It was last week. But by the time they play this game, it will have been a week and a half. They've, yeah, I, I get what you I mean. I just mean they have, they've had a lot of games back to back to back, and they had a pretty difficult run of games. The only one which they lost was Arsenal. So I think through this run that we saw like a, a month and a half ago, where we were like, oh, wow, Tottenham have got a difficult run, you know? And we thought they would like choke or collapse during this run. And I mean, they've come out on, on top of everybody. So I, they're fine. Yeah. They're two points ahead of Chelsea, sitting in third place. Uh, five points ahead of Arsenal. And, it looks, and they haven't moved into their new stadium yet. They have something like 12 out of their last 18 games are home games. So that's, I mean, that's a huge advantage going into the second half of the season into a new stadium. So I'm sure the, the, the atmosphere is going to be rocking if they can get in there in January or February. So so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if what, you, what you, you're saying is true, that they go on a, a very nice run to end the season. But I am kind of interested in this uh, this Christmas period for them. I think it's a little similar to the kind of schedule Chelsea have, where it's a bunch of games that they should be winning, but it's like against the best of the best of mid-table, where Chelsea are playing the likes of Leicester. Uh, Leicester. They played Brighton. They'll play Watford away. Tottenham have this game at Everton. Then they'll host Bournemouth. Then they'll host Wolves. And then they'll go to Cardiff, and then they'll go, uh, and then they'll host Manchester United to finish things up. So, you know, the Cardiff game is obviously you would you would pick them to win that one, no problem. But the, the rest of those games, you could see a draw thrown in there every like maybe one or two of those games that could maybe derail them slightly. But the one thing I'll give Tottenham that has really uh, earned them my respect this season is the fact that all of these games that. Maybe they aren't playing well in. Uh, maybe they are playing against a team like a Leicester or an Everton or something like that. But they still manage to just eke out a 2-0 or 2-1 win and you know move on to the next one and kind of just disregard the extra talk about how well they played or things like that. It's it's a results business, and Tottenham are getting results at the minute. So I, th- I think we got to talk about the rumors are surrounding to Tottenham's manager as well. I think – I mean it, he does have <sighs> Do a four-and-a-half-year deal – but there were some rumors today 
linking him to Manchester United, linking Antonio Conte to Manchester United. I think if either of those guys ended up there this summer, it'd be really scary. Those are the two managers I do not want to see at Manchester United. And if if somehow United pulled off getting Pochettino, who would inevitably bring Harry Kane as well, then that would no, be, I don't know about that. That would be horrifying to me. I don't, I don't see I don't see this idea of Harry Kane being indebted to Pochettino. You no, know, but I see him I see him being like, okay, this is my uh, new project Kane into the squad, and then I mean. I feel like it just, just, like just could happen. I feel like D- Le- Le- Levy he would just, just not a let it happen, right? And if he did, he'd be like, you're not signing any of our players. Like, you're not going to get any of our players. If he just left like that, he would do something similar well, to what they Daniel did to Levy Sorry, operates. where they were like, you're not going to get any of our players for like three or four years. So, I don't know. I just, But I think you, we, you, know, you do got to kind of look at who the next manager at Manchester United is going to be. And... Yeah, there's just those are the first couple names thrown into the hat. So the the thing I said to you earlier today when we were talking about the idea of Pochettino going to United was that I I don't buy Pochettino leaving, especially with the the new stadium. Nor do I. Nor do like, I. Imminent, right? Uh, I I think at the least you see him stay like another season, and I I wouldn't even bet him leaving after that. Right. Uh, because they have signed the majority of like this young core. The only one who they haven't re-signed to a new deal is Christian Eriksen. Uh, so. I see it far more likely as uh, some sort of like a, a leveraging tool to uh, get Daniel Levy to commit more money, not only not only to Pochettino, but to uh, the squad as well. Obviously, they famously didn't sign a player last summer, and it's kind of forced Pochettino to give a little bit more time and trust to the young players and players like Sissoko to pay off over a longer period of time. I, I think Pochettino and his agent are probably just leaking a rumor here and there saying, oh, yeah, there's been some interest from United. And, you know, that that forces uh, Spurs and Levy to sit up and say, OK, we need to keep this guy. Obviously, uh, we, we're, we've been on an upward trajectory, trajectory ever since he came to the club and uh, he's gotten us consistently in the Champions League. So I think United probably go for, if, if not Conte, then someone maybe a bit uh, a bit more unknown that they uh, that can grow with the team. I just I, I don't I don't know who that, that name is. I yet. don't see that with the team of with like the personalities they have there, if you bring some unknown guy in there, it's not going to work. They, I feel like they've, I mean, they kind of tried that with Moyes. I mean, Moyes wasn't like unknown, but they tried bringing in like a not, like yeah, young, we all knew up and coming manager. Work. I mean, they, we all knew Moyes wasn't going to work. Who are gonna they going to go get? You think they're going to go get, uh, I don't know, Jardim or, or. I don't know the name. It, it's such, it's such a, uh, it's such a here and now. He's what can you do to, for me, uh, business? To Leipzig. Yeah, next no, year. I wouldn't think Nagels. I wouldn't think Nagelsmann either. Um, maybe, maybe though, if they went know. for Nagelsmann, that'd be interesting. It's going to really depend on the on the end of the season because that's obviously when they're going to be making the appointment. There's going to be someone that rises from uh, the rest of the pack and just makes sense. And uh, it's it's going to be interesting to look around uh, the rest of Europe to see who that is, or maybe within the Premier League to see who that is. Uh, maybe uh, if Bournemouth finishes sixth, maybe they go snag Eddie oh Howe. Oh, God. This is like when you guys were trying to say uh, Brendan Rodgers last year for me. <laughs> Just don't even try that. They're not going to do Eddie <laughs> Howe. Trolling. We didn't sign Brendan Rodgers. No, I know Rogers. they're not going to do Eddie Howe. Just no, like, stop it. Stop it. Don't, don't, be, don't be saying these ridiculous things. Nobody's going to pick up Eddie Howe. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't fault United fans for being sick. That would be of such a. That would be such a. That would be just football. like getting David Moyes. That's just no. It wouldn't. Yes, Come on. It would. That's offensive. 
Yes, it would. David it would Moyes had been a- managing for 20 or 30 years before he took over the United job, and he hadn't won a single trophy playing boring, defensive, crappy yeah, Eddie football. Eddie Howe hasn't won a trophy, and Noah, sorry. So, you know, that, that, does that mean you're not a good uh, good manager? No, but Javier, you know, it's all, about the, uh, it's all about being modern. It's all about the modern game now, Javier. We've embraced it. You guys have kind of embraced it. We're moving forward, and I think United are going to try and do the same thing. I don't know. That's the answer. I don't know who they're going to sign, but it's uh, you, you'll have a better idea as the uh, season goes on all over Europe and uh, someone separates themselves from the pack. That wraps it up for us here on the Ghost Goal Pod. Thank you for listening to our preview podcast for this weekend. Hope you enjoy the games. We're going to be on a slightly different schedule, as Andrew mentioned uh, in the last podcast during this Christmas period. Uh, so just keep an eye out. Hopefully going to try and get previews and recaps out after every round of games and before the next round of games, but they come so thick and fast that we might just focus on the uh, big results and the uh, big matchups, such as the Liverpool-Arsenal game that will take place in a week or two and the Liverpool-City matchup that will take place. So I'm Alex. Thanks again, Javier, for being on the pod. Uh, follow us on social media, at Ghost Goal Pod, at Andrew Pissarro, at ASMoss92, on Instagram at all the same handles, uh, and Javier's is at Javier Rev9. And until next time, farewell.